Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. It's Saturday, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's Sat Matt. Uh, I am Kyle Olson from the Marvel Movie Minute. I am guest hosting today. Uh, and with me, as always, uh, is the infamous Notorious, the handsomest man in all of podcasting, Tommy. That's me! 
Hello, it's and a pleasure the, to be and here. And the boss himself, the big man who's going to kick everybody out of the chair and take over for the month of November, <laughs> Mr. Pete Wright. I think, A, that was too much buildup for Tom. That was too kind. You have to oh, meet her. not. You have to meet her. No. The kindness to Tom. Wait, or he were, goes, I thought this was all still still part of my oh. introduction. Be like, but, enough, but enough from you, Pete. Back to Tommy. And then yeah. I just keep going. I, going. I was just about to pivot. Yeah. And, you know, once again, see, this is a problem. Pete is not used to not being in the big chair. That's right. So I'm in the big chair. You are a guest, sir. This is my show for the next hour and then never again. It's all you. I'm shutting up. <laughs> shutting up, sir. So what, uh, what have you guys been watching over the last? Is anyone else watching the new Fargo season? Or do people... You know, there was such a huge wait. I wonder if... Because it was always my favorite... When it was on TV, it was always my favorite TV show. I was religious about the first two seasons, and I sort of fell off for season three. Yep. But then because I knew you wanted to talk about it, I watched the first episode you of season did. four. And I am hooked again. Oh, it is Noah Hawley... Hawley? Yeah, we'll, ne- we'll never know. Is my <laughs> is I think my favorite showrunner of all time. All of the stuff that he uses is so and the it's so complicated and so mm-hmm. cinematic. I feel completely comfortable bringing it up on a film podcast because it is so yeah. cinematic and he uses the camera and the different way. It's just outstanding. He has such an unusual way of telling a story that like any other person would take this the same story of like that for season four and follow like a gangster, like pick a guy and do it. But like, no, his point of view character is like at this point so peripheral no. that doesn't even know what's going on in the main plot. First 15 minutes we go through like like decades of different yes. gangs and stuff. It looks like it costs $900 million, <laughs> yes. and it is so great. And Chris Rock, when I heard that he was cast as sort of the lead, I was like, uh-oh, because I remember Dogma. But he's, <laughs> he's, he's really good so far. He's mainly just sort of squinting. But he's strong, and he's he's good at like the period. You know, he's like we've already had this back and forth, and it's believable. It doesn't seem like someone yeah. playing dress up. So and I am. Yeah, that's so right. He's also excited. not trying to be funny, which I think is a really good thing. So like he's very still, which I, it's not very a Chris Rock thing you would that's think right. of. Yeah, uh, and it's it, it's very and yeah. So just watching that, I am I'm hooked again. Oh, like, that's Noah exciting! Holly, you've done it again. I just sort of wanted I to find, bring it up real quick just to remind people: Hey, Fargo's back. And it's, yeah, and if you are a Hulu subscriber, now you can get it as part of your package. That's it's right. just built in. Just one day late, right? Yes, one day late. Yep. I haven't watched it since the end of season one, and uh, like I don't know why. Like I feel, I feel like I loved it. I loved season one; it was fantastic. And then season two happened, and where the hell did I go? I don't know where I went. I know I found Legion, <laughs> and I went crazy for Legion, and fell oh, in love with Legion. Noah Holly again. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's my problem. Are well? Are you also? And I'm not. This isn't a leading question. Are you not as big of a fan of anthologies? Because Legion is a continuing story. Fargo is a reboot every single season. uh, Unrelated uh, question. Yeah, it's not. I love. I like them all. (laughs) I am. I am an equal opportunity. Come on. I will watch just about anything. This is an answer by someone that doesn't know the definition no, of No, I know exactly. I watch, Are you I watch that. I watch on. this. No, I watch it I'm all. telling you all the great shows. Anthologies An anthology. I know yeah. what a guy. You are a troll. You are a troll. I know exactly what an anthology show is, and I watch it. I'm just saying I like well-written shows, mostly by Noah Hawley. I don't watch anything else. All is right, there Sarah more? Palin. Yeah, you watch everything. You still haven't proven to me that you know what an anthology is. <laughs> I read whatever's put in front of me. I watch whatever. What is that? Show. What no, is I'm that? That's the other. The uh, other. Okay. The, by definition, 
The other yep. show that I haven't watched <laughs> that is also an anthology show <laughs> is that the horror show, the, the one that's the American, the American horror, horror story. story. Never watched that, but I know oh, it's okay. an anthology mm-hmm. show. There you go. Yes. Nailed you it. it. Okay. There you Nailed go. It. All right. I find interesting that no one in Hollywood uh, movies seems to be a fan of Noah Hawley. It, it it blows my mind that there are two finished Noah Hawley scripts sitting on a shelf that no one is interested in making. One of them is called Star Trek, and the other one is called Doctor Doom. Man. And no one is producing wow. either of well, them. And it he, just he blows my mind. He is challenging, and Lucy in the Sky just very recently bit yes, the dust. did not do very well. No, no. no critically or financially or movily. Don't stop the third talking. Option. Look, yeah. I think the Star Trek one has well, been, has been <laughs> deflated for so many other reasons besides Noah Hawley. I oh, think yes. yeah, that script is done. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but the other one, uh, Doctor Doom, needs to be handled. Yes. I need to see that property. Yes, yeah. some way or another. Tom, I know, has been talking yeah, a lot exactly. about Doctor Doom with his therapist. <laughs> <laughs> it was my nickname in junior high. <laughs> You can hear me through my through my mask. Does okay, speaking of shows that Tom's watched, can I have one? Of course. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, is anybody how caught up are you with the uh, second season of The Boys? Uh, how, oh, how, uh, how deep of an answer do you want here? See, I know you're on fire about this. I even bring it up, and those nice. synapses start firing. Okay, so I I have not watched The Boys, but it's not because of time. It's because of of the author. <laughs> you're not a Garth Ennis guy. I am not a big fan no. of Garth Ennis. No, I liked Garth Ennis uh, in Preacher, but I find there's he's a member of that generation that came after Alan Moore, who just like took the the Gonzo storytelling of like I can talk about anything and left all the real strong content behind, and just seems to want to write the most shocking thing he possibly yeah. can. Like, uh, I, I mean, like there it's there's there's a whole generation of guys. That, I mean, Mark Miller's like that. I mean, there's there's the whole like legion of them who are just like. They're all trying to like yes. top, top each other. Like, oh, I had a guy that put him in a meat grinder. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I had a guy in a meat grinder on a plane on fire. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, they there just seems to be things. Huh. So I have stayed away from it just because I know what kind of stories he likes to tell. Now, Eric Kripke, on the other hand, who created Supernatural, is running the show. So that almost lured me in. But now you're going to tell me why or what I should or should not. I just love that you are torn asunder inside about this between your allegiances. I I really Mm -hmm. do. Tommy? I'm a huge Garth Ennis fan, but everything Kyle is saying is right. Like the Cross series, I had to stop reading because it was too disgusting. I'm a big fan of his Punisher line, but at times it's too gross and also weirdly racist at times. Like, he's he's problematic oh, yes. in his war stories, a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's a good point. Well, okay, I, go ahead, no, I'll, I'll tell you, this is this is the thing that I like so much about this. I think the boys, as a as an original prop, or as a property itself, the books, I never read the books, and the uh, comics, um, but I, I I know th- we're, we're not talking about, like, beloved DC characters, and that's what I have always had a problem with, where you take these characters that are beloved with a, with a history, and you make, you know, Superman's now a neckbreaker, right? Or, you know, those are the kinds of violations that I hate. When you take these, these properties, the rules. these rules that have been set for, nay, generations, and you say, for no good purpose, yeah. we're actually going to start tearing things apart. And I don't like that. Uh, I like, you know, if you're going to do that, do give me a watchman. I'm, I'm, you know, give me something that is going to tell me a story that is bigger and has 
earned the kind of, you know, uh, culture-shattering sort of violence. And I think The Boys has has really locked into that. I think what the, the story in season one, setting up the story of season one, and uh, even while using extraordinary superhero violence, um, I, I yeah. think ends up being a, a certain sort of genre-defining, uh, you know, property that is so perfectly suited for the Amazon Netflix nation like this is this is the con- this is the kind of thing that you can make in 10 hour serials that uh, that makes sense and it challenges your views it it, it actually for me it, it actually helps reframe you know the the uh, sort of cultural battle the sort of haves and have nots as told through the the eyes of these superheroes it definitely takes on uh, you know blatant nasty corporatism and uh, and it doesn't yeah if superheroes are, are run by a corporation that are interested in profits, what does it's that mean? It's bad. I don't, I mean, it's, a, a dystopia. it's the worst. It's a very, <laughs> and it's also really cool. I love that you brought up the idea of how it's a great fit for Netflix and Duda, Amazon, in that it doesn't, even though it's very dark in overall subtext and tone, it doesn't Zack Snyder it. No, it's it really doesn't. It's a very doesn't. bright show yeah. that is filled with yes. ultraviolence. Yeah. It's a very pretty show to watch. That should be on the poster. It's a pretty show to watch. <laughs> um, there are some some just horrible things. But season two, I'm not completely caught up on season two. I'm a few episodes in. And so far, I actually I feel like they haven't really lost the thread. And I was worried about that. I still feel like I get what they're going for. And I am enjoying it. So yeah. sounds like you're further along than I am, Tom. I think probably just by I'm all caught up before this weekend uh but if you want uh, off air i can tell you there's a couple really big fun winks at the original graphic novel and one or two really big changes which actually have made the stories much more interesting so before we let kyle uh tell us why he's going to start watching immediately should i be reading the books <laughs> i think that i think that the show is doing as good or a better job of integrating it with the world, like this is—it's not a Garth Ennis comic, but like I, but I liked—I I didn't like the Kick-Ass comic, but I liked the Kick-Ass movie. Ah, sure, because of what they added to it, and they actually had a heart to it yeah. in addition to the ultraviolence. So that's the thing—is I'm not against graphic ultraviolence. There, there is a place for that, but not when it's just for its sake. So if you're saying that there actually is a strong story that goes along with it. I think it's stronger it in the TV and show. Is it one of those things where you have to watch like six episodes before it gets good? Because that's an, uh, often an Amazon problem. No, you'll see, you'll get it in ten minutes. You'll know in one okay. and a half episodes whether it's for you or not. It is unflinching. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and it and it keeps that okay. it keeps that tone throughout. <laughs> the thing that'll stop you really stop you is if you absolutely hate Carl Urban. Because he's very, he's very <laughs> Carl Urban-y. He is, he is peak Carl Urban in this show, yeah. He's urbaning all over the place, but he's a perfect choice for the role of, of Butcher. Yeah, it's, I, I'm enjoying it, and I just feel like it's, it, it, we've, we've never really mentioned it, we've never really talked about it on the show, but it's, it is one of those that if you can, if you have the stomach for it, if you consider... CG graphic violence and beautiful special effects as works of art and not horrifying stuff of nightmares, then this is definitely the show for you. <laughs> and I heard in a recent episode they took a shot at the Snyder Cut, too. So I might not be smart. I know that they took a shot at Avengers, The Last Avengers. 
because okay oh maybe maybe it was uh maybe it was more I of think a it was that be, just because in the last avengers there's that big moment when all of the women line up in a row and oh. do the kind of march uh-huh. thing which i yeah. liked but most of people that i know were like gross in this isn't a big spoiler but in this world because superheroes are real but they're in a corporate world they're making a superhero movie within the show and there's this really overdone shot where it's like how do you do it he goes because women get it done <laughs> and like the music stings that seemed like an exact <laughs> wink and punch punch up at avengers as like a platitude, yeah, destroying mm-hmm. the platitude. And, and, yeah. and so the shows have these yeah. lovely allegories, uh, to, so, or these lovely like okay. parallels to Marvel and and DC. And I just i the, I watched <laughs> so recently where they the show's Superman character had his way with Daredevil, and it was just it's mm. haunted my dreams. So, uh, but I'll tell you there there are some peak <laughs> moments where they challenge just like what it means to save the day and just put a pin in i want to report back when you watch the episode in which uh homelander and one of his teammates has to go save the airplane mave uh because you know for those who've seen it you're yeah yeah i can't wait to hear that report so there you go (laughs) so before we get into some news stuff uh you had some um some uh, internal news you wanted to report on stuff with stuff that's going on on the next reel oh right how sad uh we've got a trailer rewind is coming back for members on 9 30 and you know what date that was it was yesterday uh and so uh that is a thing that is out for members it'll be coming out on october 7th uh, in the main feed, and it features uh, Steve Sarmento, the good and kindly King of the North. Uh, it, he is actually talking with our own Tommy Handsome about the film. That's me, villains. <gasps> yeah, Handsome and so they're talking podcasting? about villains, and so uh, it's a How whole new format. So Steve is interviewing somebody, or is talking with somebody else uh, on the team about a different movie. And uh, Tommy, you did great. Thank you. I didn't know that this movie even existed, and I'm so happy to have watched it and talked about it with Steve. Did I like it? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Tune in and find out. I'm so good at cliffhanger. Yeah, so that's it. Uh, trailer Rewind. It's back in the feed. Become a member, and you can find out today. Absolutely. So they're they're making a Lion King prequel. Because when you make a billion dollars, it's contractually obligated to go. Wait, prequel? Why is prequel the way to go? So it's just like baby. It's like lion babies. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know what? I would, I would, I would be interested in seeing lion babies. No, I believe they're doing the the uh, Mufasa scar story, like how like how Scar got his scar. Oh, like I'd that. be down for that. I guess. I still haven't seen the live action, not live action, whatever the CGI one. And that's then that's why you're interested in seeing it. In order oh, to, you weren't a fan? No, I loved the animated version. I don't even like animation movies. I loved the animated version. I think was great, and they tried to recreate the entire, even like shot for shot, like the other one, with expressionless, realistic animals, and it just doesn't work because a lion doesn't emote. <laughs> Like when you have a four-year-old lion, it's like, "Dad, you're dead," and it's just blank stare. Oh, it's just like weird. nothing, just nothing. Okay. I mean, like none of the emotional beats hit because it's a realistic animal. It's like 
Yeah, that I guess that lion's afraid of those jackals. I because he's because the thought balloon over his head is saying, "Man, those jackals <laughs> yeah. are what I'm afraid of." Because <laughs> I mean, the the vocal performers are doing their job, but like it was like they were so committed to this realism thing that yeah, it's just I don't think it worked. Oh, I didn't know that. That was Favreau, right? Yeah, it was Favreau. I say Favreau. It's- yeah, it was. And and I'll tell you on on the front of creating fully realized digital animal characters, success. They mm-hmm. are amazing. Yes, like absolutely. Yeah, struggle. I think story Favreau with should mm, make like fail. the zoo part two or something. Like we bought a zoo and just make all CG <laughs> like, animals because <laughs> yeah, he would be great still at that. Just emotionless <laughs> animals in a cage. Part three. <laughs> By God, won't someone buy and, this? Because, zoo from this us? is this was. It, it, I I agree. I had a rough time, but so we're saying that the the prequel is going to be photo real. Not animated. Yes, it's going to be just like the the original one, and it's going to be uh, actually not directed by Favreau, though I assume that he'll be producing it probably through. His, um, they actually got Barry Jenkins to direct wow. it. Wow! From Moonlight. Yikes! Yeah. All right. Okay. It's, it's his first time doing it's really like you know uh, it's gonna be interesting walking from like the moonlight set over to a yeah. pure green, green it's just room. a green treadmill <laughs> and there's guys in green <laughs> unitards rolling around the ground and go all right start directing uh, oh. yeah, no, that'll be, that'll be I, so I'm I am not in principle I'm not against a prequel of this story I think you know go for it uh, if there's more story to be told uh, certainly find it. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is Disney. If there's more money to be made, I think if you go to Disney Plus, you'll so. find plenty of Lion King stories have been told in various, various formats. So uh, we have a, a casting change for The Witcher. Uh, one of the actors dropped out. And I know that this is not like the biggest news story, but I'm kind of fascinated by this because this is, I think, like the first pebble in what's going to be an avalanche. Ersted uh, uh, Rasmussen like, actually filmed scenes and then COVID happened. And now because of COVID, he can't go back and do more. So they have to recast him. But I think that's just the beginning of casting changes we're going to see. Uh, I like this is going to be a major change because, like, we've already seen Liv Tyler uh, had to quit 911 Lone Star because she lives in London. She and can't get back. Can't get oh, back to doing so the filming. Not I mean, like, sick. It's so, also just about barricades. Yeah. Yeah, basically, right. So that, I think like this is this kind of is a, a big out for any actors who don't want to do their stuff anymore. I'm not saying with Tyler. I'm like, <laughs> just all the time. Was, like, <laughs> what I'm saying. Is it hot Yeah, exactly. Here? Like, uh, and then you don't have to be in like the, sorry, the third I, season of that Lethal Weapon TV show. <laughs> right. Just like, I, I can't be on, uh, you know, 911 Boston because, ooh, I just, uh, sorry, I, I can't stand over another body anymore. I just... I mean, I mean, it really could. We could see some. I mean, we're already seeing like they just shut down all the CW productions because of oh, COVID. Oh, jeez, I had like, not heard that. All four shows that were shooting up there, Riverdale's. Wow. Yeah, that just came out that today. I didn't, I didn't have time to put it in the lineup. Um, they had basically said, "Hey, everybody, go home because <laughs> you can't film right now." So like all their shows shut down. Wow. So who knows when we're going to see any more stuff? But I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of casting changes will be made. Yeah, in, I, just uh, faces that are recast or around news that we. We don't even hear right i mean it's just i think it's it's yeah they're recasting the digital replacement for paul walker actually in every in the witcher <laughs> in everything first first time was the best time all right, so that's uh, that's all that we have for news uh so i think let's move on to trailers, trailers! oh i get to go first uh 
you. <laughs> you do. The A24 card has been played. Tell us about your trailer, Pete. Uh, my trailer is Minari. It is a it's a, a Korean film uh, from writer director Lee Isaac Chung, starring Stephen Yun, uh, Yuri Han, uh, Yoo Jung Yoon, uh, and. It looks, it, it's a coming to America film, but I have to say it feels like a coming to America film in tone and tenor that I have never seen before. David, look, they're wheels. Wheels? What a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. If you're here with us for the first time, please stand. What a beautiful family. Glad you're here. How's your daddy like that new farm? He growing things good, doing things right. Yes. 미국 애들은 할머니랑 같이 방 쓰는 거 싫어한다던데. I don't like grandma. 걔는 안 그래요. 한국 애니까. Grandma smells like Korea. 야, 뭐라고? Grandma smell? <웃음> I love Stephen Young. I loved him in Walking Dead. Loved him in uh, everything I've seen him in, and he's. I, I loved, loved him, him the first, m- but I loved him the most. I burned the brightest. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, every, hey, Pete, check out this guy." You, you were like, "I don't care for him." I think I love him better than the two of you. <laughs> you loved him with more skill. Is that what you're saying? That's weird. You made it weird. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I uh, uh, so I I feel like this this film with weird old grandma uh, and these two parents just trying to do their best when it. With the, what, how they string images together over the course of this trailer in two minutes drips my heart out. And then words on yes. the screen say, your heart will be ripped out, and then it will be put back together to a burning <laughs> house. And then suddenly at the end, Grandma is wearing male underpants, and I'm happy again. This trailer is yeah. the emotional roller coaster <laughs> of the movie, I feel like, and I am very excited to see but it. But not in a way that it gives everything away. Which is great. I This is the first time that I have talked back to a trailer when it said, your heart will be ripped out and then put back together even stronger. I said out loud, oh, good. Like a crazy person. Because Sign I was so excited to see it. And then I was like, oh, is this just going to be a downer? Like now another thing's on fire? And then it's like, no, it's all going to turn out sort of good. And I'm like, I'm Jake. I think it looks beautiful. It kind of looks like it has a Western. Yeah aesthetic to it yeah Mm, mm -hmm. to see it come out in the country i think is the big difference versus seeing immigrants try to make it in the big city and everyone's like bonk bonk Mm -hmm. get out of my bodega and like a bunch of city kind of things these are just people trying to work the land and things aren't working and having to deal with water rights it seems like a new like you were saying like yeah it's a a new story but and yet one that sort of has needed to be told like there there feels like a whole very we've seen a lot of the uh like we get insinuations of the chinese and the railroads and we get a lot of italian stories going to the big city and buying a clothier or haberdashery and then being in the mob and and so we've seen all those stories but like this is this feels like (laughs) i know i know tommy i I loved it i was a big fan (laughs) of just throwing the word haberdashery in there It'd be yep. late. And and so this this whole this whole story is just feels like one that is is very resonant. And um uh I, I can't wait. Kyle, what'd you think? I thought it was great. I think I think I I love Stephen Ewan and whatever. It's like sign me up for what I think. Well, I, I I do. I was the one that told you about it, but go ahead. Sorry, I don't mean to keep interrupting. Hang on, I gotta call Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, he's texting me. Why does Pete keep calling me? What is- <laughs> 
Steven, Pete's about to call. Or I'm recording, so put your phone on mute. Sorry, he's in the back. The doors are <laughs> I got sort of uh, vibes from... Um, Oh, I can't remember what was Aquafina's uh, movie last oh, year. Um, this is the, the end with the, the grandmother. grandmother. Farewell. The, That's right. Farewell. That was it. Yeah, yeah. I got sort of that kind of vibe of like of like listen, like people's honest stories, and we don't. Get, it's like we don't get to see that kind of stuff. So yeah, I th- I'm I'm impressed. Could, I couldn't tell what exactly the time period was. I feel like it's contemporary. Is it contemporary? Okay. Like, it felt, yeah. like na- felt like now to me, it's tough to tell in the country. Yeah. A little bit more tough, but yeah. Yeah. Then the, the clothing styles were a little bit ambiguous, so I couldn't tell. But, right, right. Yeah. Uh, we get it at some point. It's still in the festival circuit, so when we get it is uh, unclear to me. I know it's going to be hitting the Heartland International Film Festival in October this month. It's also uh, <laughs> going to hit the Hamptons International Virtual Film Festival uh, on October 10th. Um, oh. Oh. You could actually see it in Spain at the Valladolid uh, International Film oh, Festival, uh, but pretty much it's just keep an eye out for it. It'll be hitting the internet, and right. it, it will rip your heart out. And put it tell together. us the name again because it's not a traditional name. Minari. <laughs> Did you look up what it means? Buttercup. Oh, okay. So before the A24 card was played, uh, Tommy, you actually had the first trailer up, so why don't you take the next I did. I have heard... It's very embarrassing. The one thing I had to do before tonight was to watch the movie... The Endless by uh, Justin uh, Benson and Aaron Moorhead. I've heard such amazing things about it. It's a very small movie that sounds a little bit like a um, ambitious primer. Like two guys got a little bit of money yeah. with a okay. great idea and filmed the HE hockey sticks out of it. And um, yeah. now they have this new movie called... I just realized until just now, I've been pronouncing it synchronic, and that's stupid. I'm sure it's synchronic because it has to do with an alternate sort of, well, like in 15 minutes into the future, there is a drug that you take and it hurts your reality. We'll see. Roll that trailer. You know, they say we see everything once in this gig. Pretty sure we've never seen this. They think they need help. Bad news is it's inoperable and never starts your radiation. What's going on with you? I want to know that there's meaning in the things I do. I love um, any kind of movie that tries to explore reality. I love unreliable narrators. I love all of the words used in the like the aforementioned critics' quotes: mind bending. And a Lovecraftian nightmare. And one of them says, if you're not obsessed with these two guys, this is going to change your mind. I'm just, it feels like a mystery box. I'm a huge fan of Anthony Mackie. And I just think it looks, I, after watching the trailer, I'm so excited to watch it. And I have no idea what to expect. I guess that's my favorite thing. Pete, Kyle, do it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is your, what is your thought of what it is? Because I had the same idea. When I first watched it, I was like, oh, okay, this is a, it's a, it's in his head. It's a mind bending thing. And now watching it again, it was, it was like, okay, so it's teleportation? No, it's. It might, because there's that one, the turn in the trailer is they're not returning. They're going on like some sort of a mind journey, but then they're actually disappearing. Right. But then he encounters what looks like a caveman. So is it time travel? I, I thought like I thought the same thing. I was like, a primer's a good pull. I was thinking this was this was a budget tenant, 
But it looks like there's a different thing going on. The other thing that reminded me of was a Dean Koontz book called The Bad Place. <gasps> I haven't read that. I haven't read that yet, but I'm a big Dean Koontz person. I read The Bad Place. Apparently, I'm not big enough. Uh, it is. It's it, it's it uh, it like most Koontzes, uh, he has what what my friends refer to as the meatloaf ending, uh, which is you're. You're going along, you're going along, you're having fun, then all of a sudden, like his honey, his wife goes, honey, meatloaf's ready. And he's like, uh, then everybody dies. The end. Like, it just wraps up so fast. You're like, oh, what, right. we're over? it's over? Okay. Uh, there's there's some, like, it's like he's dictating it, and he accidentally includes the words, wait, what was my page count again? Because then it's like, it was all a dream, or maybe it wasn't aliens. You've been cooched. And then he's just out. Yeah, I totally agree. You've been yeah. cooched. Uh, but yeah, um, but I love Matthew Mackey. Uh, you know, we obviously we we've all seen quite a bit of J.B. Dornan from the Fifty Shades movies. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, I, I like anything that tries to be smart. Like this looks like it's going to be a smart twisted thriller. And I get I'm in all away for it. What happened it to make like oh. Lovecraftian a thing to aspire to? Like, why do we have an old racist everything phobe? Like as a thing that right. These... Um, I don't think H.P. Uh, Lovecraft would be interested in having Anthony Mackie as the lead in his film. I don't think he would. No, I think he would really resent that's that. The, that's the just and then the... <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's how they're trying yeah. to position it. Like Lovecraft <laughs> Country that, uh, or Lovecraft County. Uh, anyway, that show, which I have yeah. not watched, but that's yeah. uh, everything that I've heard is yeah. like. They yeah they address that in the very first episode and in in a brilliant that's, way that is what I've heard that they're really trying to position that I don't know that everybody else who's using Lovecraftian is doing it with that kind of Knows awareness about that part. yeah no. <laughs> oh absolutely but they that 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 oh so famous poem they actually recite it and discuss it in the first episode and you go okay like we are not shying away from anything here oh yeah. okay good they understand yeah. Oh, good. All right. Well, uh, I, all that's an aside. Uh, I think this is uh, this looks really uh, m- interesting, and um, it it reminds me of the what's the other one where they take the pill and become smart for thirty insatiable. minutes? Insatiable. Oh, limitless. Yeah, no, limitless. limitless. Insatiable. It was. Just, I knew it was one word. Limitless. Insatiable. It's kind of a limitless, but with like horror time travel elements. I'm sure I'd I'd sit down for that. Yeah, not in a theater though. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Because God bless them, they think it's still coming out. In theaters, yeah, no, so. no, it won't. I'll be right in the other room, right over there. It'll be yeah. great. I'll be, I'll be waiting. Oh, that, that's right. That was the second time I said, "Oh, good." <laughs> 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 when I'm watching trailers as if they were conversations. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that trailer. <laughs> that's what I said during. Actually, I did say that out loud during Kyle's trailer. <laughs> If we're ready to do it, so ready we're for Kyle's a, trailer. We are learning a lot about the loneliness of Tommy. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, <laughs> bat and clean up here. Uh, my trailer is a little film called Vampires versus the Bronx, uh, and I'm glad they called it that, even though it's a weird title because I would hate for them to try and make a pun or something, or try to do something that's like hip hop or something. So let's just keep it exactly what it is. Uh, so I was watching. It reminded me of, of a couple of things. I'm, I'm going to go on a long, a little bit of a, a digression here into some serious territory. Then I'll come back around. Feel free to edit this out if it's if it's totally boring. Oh, let's roll the dice, so, man. 
and see how it goes. As part of as part of my my straight job when I'm not in front of a microphone, I had to take a cultural sensitivity training uh, because I work with inner city kids. And so this trailer has a lot of subtext. Yeah, it does. It does. And, yeah. and, and what I'm glad for. But as we're at the same time, this the, the class started where I was doing this. Um, they also had the Goonies reunion that Josh Gad put together. Oh, and so like it just happened. This and then and as I as I was reading these things and watching that, the two things came together, and I was like, there isn't a young uh, action adventure movie for black kids. Right. It doesn't exist. There is no Goonies. There is no Monster Squad for black kids because the they're not allowed to be the... kids. Like, it, it, like as I was reading the stuff going, I'm like, oh yeah, because they're always thought of as adults, right? There, there's no. There's no easy, fun, you know, just kids running around, you know, having a good time. Movies. Well, and if they are, I mean, there's Stranger Things, but it's there. It's just ripe with tokenism. Yes. Like yeah. it's I mean, that's it, it has a black kid. You know, it's like but it's like there's not just like a bunch of friends going out and having a fun adventure. And like this is as close as we have kind of gotten so far. Uh, I think that that is a that is a, uh, a genre that needs to be addressed. Somebody needs to actually make that movie. Um, Maybe attack the block. Attack the block is it was, it was probably as close as it is, but it's still attack the block. It's still inner city. It's you know it's like they're, they're, the kids thought of as criminals. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to like just separate it away from that. It's not like you don't have like the racist cop going. Where are you boys going? Right. Like they're just that, you know, it's just, just youth, right? right? It's just yeah. youth, right? It's just kids being kids and having fun. So obviously this isn't that. But so, like, as we bring back around, this is. But it gave me that idea of like, this is the kind of thing that we need more of. Um, it's just kids having a thing, and so you get to see the kids. And there's there's a gentrification thing going on, which I really liked. Yeah, I mean, the real. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, but also, but in still, the same way that the Goonies was about uh, income inequality and housing, yeah, stuff. I mean, yep, yeah, yep, you can still, rich there's and, room for that. Yes, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it gave me it gave me some Monster Squad vibes, some Goonies vibe, and a little bit of Vampire in Brooklyn. I can't believe nobody has uh, has made any mention of Black Corey Haim or Black Corey Feldman or Black Jason Patrick. This is the Lost Boys, y'all. <laughs> it's Black yeah. Lost Boys, and it's yeah, gonna right. be amazing. Yeah, and it, it is, a, and and you don't even have to go to a theater to see it because it's on Netflix. <laughs> That's right. Netflix knows where its money is. My yep. couch. I can't wait. When do we get to see it? Actually, it drops today. <gasps> what? Yes, you can go right now as soon as you're finished listening to Satman. Go watch Vampires vs. the Bronx on Netflix. I would say do it now. I've listened to the rest of this episode, and it's a real <laughs> Pause. Watch it come back. <laughs> All right, so uh, now it's time for the game, which you guys don't know what it is. So last week, uh, Rob introduced the Tournament of Spies, where they eliminated to do their, uh, they eliminated down to find out who the ultimate spy was. Well, that's fine, except that it's October, y'all. My favorite month of the year. And that spooky. means it's time to get spoopy up in here. So we are going to do the Tournament of Terror. <laughs> <laughs> so I have put together a bracket. Did you just say spoopy, though? Oh, okay. I did. I'm pretty sure you said spoopy. It, was that to, to be terrifying? <laughs> uh, no, it, it, it's. Uh, I'm trying to appeal to the youth culture. Oh, we're old. Oh, is spoopy a word? Apparently, my, my 13-year-old has uh, informed me of this. So. Spooky. Wow, internet? Yep, he's right. Spooky, but in a comical or cute way. I'm just trying to. I'm trying. I'm just trying to stay hip with the kids. Because I mean, if anything we know about the sat mat, it's like there's a big youth contingent out there who does not feel represented by you know the the contingent of beards that are in here. 
Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about the Tournament of Terror. So what I put together is um, I have it's completely arbitrary and all the rules are made up by me. Uh, I have what I decided to do is I wanted to have non-human adversaries, like basically creatures. Okay. Uh, and so then I also had a size limit. So like there's no Godzilla or no King Kong. I want to have it either human or slightly bigger than human things. And so and they and these are things that have always been themselves, not humans that have been transformed into something. Hmm, okay. Point of order. Yes, go ahead. So would Freddy Krueger then be disqualified? He would, because he used to be Got a it. guy and now he became a dream demon. Fair enough. And I was trying to also stay away a little bit from, like I say, I only had 12, I did 12 slots. I mean, so there's other creatures you can be like, why isn't that on there? Well, because I didn't think of it. Where Where do you stand on giant ants from them? Ah, uh, see, that they, they're Ugh, giant. So they're you. Oh, okay. And little tiny ants, like from I- Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Shush. They, they could be in, but they are dumb. So I don't want to have them in. <laughs> okay. Noted. Noted. And Kyle, where do you stand on me calling you Dream Demon for the rest of my life? <laughs> I want to get it tattooed on my back. All right. Okay, so I'm going to read you the. I'll, I'll read you the 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 contestants that are in here. I have a, a mix of old and new, uh, and some that are easily going to be eliminated. But I wanted to put on here just to bring attention to their awesome movies. So okay. our our contestants are the Terror Dogs from Ghostbusters, oh, the Xenomorphs oh. from the Alien franchise, right. Pumpkinhead. From the title Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. Uh, the Creeper from Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> ah, GP Creepy. Uh, Gremlins from Gremlins. Uh, the yep. Graboids from Tremors. Mm-hmm. The Babadook. Oh. From ah, Babadook. Wait, they were called the Graboids? They were called the Graboids, yes. Uh, uh, I know a couple why? of these I had to just make up the name because they don't actually have a name in it. So I came, But that Graboids is actually from the franchise because there's like five Tremors movies now. Uh, the Thing from The Thing mm-hmm. and its remake, Ooh, yep. The Thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pennywise from It, chapters one and two. Uh-huh. Uh, the Fish Beast from The Host. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, the Sea Monster from uh, Sweetheart. I don't know that one. 2019. Uh, I like, we're going to talk about that one because I want more people to see that movie. Outstanding. Uh, oh, okay. And The Crawlers from The, the Descent. Descent. Oh. Yeah. Now, they might have been human at one point, but I love that movie, yep. so I wanted to put them on the list. So, uh, what is the category for why we pick them? Eh. You guys can you, know, you can you can do if we want to do them in a fight. You which are the which are more cinematic, which are scarier. Oh, oh. So we, I just basically I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you the bracket like this versus that, and you decide it. And then at the end, we'll have our our uh, you know our creature winner. So the first contest is. Wait, but do we have to decide though what the? Oh, I say it's up to you. Going to be. Say, Rob just think, let, let them flow, so... Yeah, uh, sorry, I was looking at Sweetheart. It can be... You mean it can be so up good. to us in our own? We don't all have to come to a... No, it's just conclusion. like uh, between between the three of Got us, it. we just have to come up with a, a, a victor in this battle. So, the first Got battle it. is the Xenomorphs versus Pumpkinhead. Xenomorphs, Xenomorphs. come on. Xenomorphs. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no discussion at all. Okay. No... <laughs> Well, Pumpkin we know some of these people are gonna. I mean, Pumpkinhead was never gonna go all the no. way. No, no. Holy cow! Sweetheart, surprisingly because... complex sea monster is surprisingly <laughs> complex. It is really good. That's amazing. Really good. Okay, never our next lineup is Gremlins versus Graboids. Well, I mean, mm. so in terms of, uh oh, see, here we go. 
I vote because of my theory of the aforementioned ants. Okay. I'm not afraid of really big ants. I'm afraid of tons of little, because I'm oh. a, a big anti-swarm oh, guy. Oh, my wife is the same so, way. Uh, so... Have you ever seen your wife and I in the same <laughs> No oh wonder my. we're such good friends, Tommy. <laughs> um, and so I'm going to say gremlins because they they probably can also multiply a lot easier than graboids, which also I don't care for that name. <laughs> Wait, so what do you think? Pete? What did you just vote? You just said he voted, voted for gremlins. gremlins because of the swarm factor. Because of all of the words that I just yes. said. Okay. Well, look, and, and possibly impersonating my wife. The problem is, I can't get over the fact that I feel like more gremlins could be eaten in a single like womp. True. By I a mean, graboid. You can't. I mean, then right, gremlins. You, what are the gremlins going to do? What are you going to walk? Yeah. Like, what are they going to yeah. do? Going to try and put a graboid in a blender? <laughs> <laughs> No, they they wait till the graboids want to go to bed, and they get in that little chair that goes up the stairs, and they hotwire it. And there's graboids flying. I think I'm graboids. I think we're going to need a tie-breaking Ooh, team graboids. Vote. Okay. All right, Kyle, All right, so you I'm the, are I'm the deciding factor. Uh, yeah, yep. I'm going to say just because uh, I live out in Arizona, and I look out and think, wow, that's a lot of flat spaces where you could be taken Fair out enough. by a graboid. I think yeah. I'm going to vote for graboids. I actually went and visited a friend in Arizona after I had seen Tremors, and I found myself like running across surfaces that were unpaved. You yeah. do that. Like, it's like, like, I don't know why I'm running. Yep. Oh, I'm hopping from stone to stone. Yeah. All right. All right. So our next uh, face-off, this is a pretty good one. Um, it's the, the things that look like other things. It's The Thing mm-hmm. versus yep. Pennywise. Oh, crap. I'm going to say, oh, well, actually, that's tough because they're both yeah, shapeshifters. They are. Yeah. Yep. So obviously, The Thing can look like anybody. Uh, you know, one at a time. But, Pennywise but, can also look like anybody, but he's just but a did sad Pennywise clown. Ever really look like someone from your life versus something you were afraid of? The thing that makes the thing so scary is you leave a room, you come back in, and the three people that are in the room, it could be a thing. So I'm going to go with the thing. Mm, okay. I think that I, I think I, I'll probably land the same way. And the way I'm approaching it is, what is the mechanic of these? two things right that pennywise is god dang it so they're both like (laughs) alien creatures from another place and that's the thing that breaks my breaks my brain a little bit it's almost like i planned this one one runs on fear one runs on is a little more like the thing is a little bit more like a xenomorph trying to get by trying to survive just it's just in there doing whatever crafty i feel like i have a little bit more uh alien pity arts and for Mm. The oh. thing, like it's okay. just trying to do its, it's just trying to do its thing. <laughs> oh, like Pennywise is a <laughs> jerk. Like he's just literally trying, trying yeah, to eat true. our fear. And I feel like yes. the thing is just trying to oh, do its. That's a good point. Pennywise is like actually he's like malevolent. unfrozen yes. caveman alien, right? I mean, he's are. just like right. I'm gonna get out and you're, I'm gonna use you to do it, but I'm gonna. Sounds like we got another tie, so, Kyle. Tie, Kyle. Are you voting? Which, no, which I'm you the voting thing. Then, yeah. Oh, thing? Oh, okay, so yeah. Oh, okay, so thing. Oh. thing wins. Thing moves on. Was I unclear the about thing. that, Thomas? You look confused. <laughs> oh, that you felt sorry. No, because I thought. Oh, I think I was mixing it up with which one do you hate the most. 
I get it. Okay. I get it. Okay. Okay. Noted. So, so obviously this has been pretty famous. So we're going to do a little digression here because the next lineup is the Sea Monster from Sweetheart and the Crawlers from The Descent. And I love both these movies, so I want to take a minute to talk about them because they're not as famous. So I know, th- I know one of them. What's the Sweetheart? Okay, Sweetheart is a movie from 2019. It is about a. Uh, it's modern. Uh, it's about a girl who wakes up and she's been shipwrecked, like she had been on a party boat essentially with her friends, and then the boat capsizes that she wakes up a desert island, and so she's like alone trying to figure out like how she's going to survive, and you know stuff from the the boat is washing up ashore. So it's a castaway situation. But then in the night. Uh, there's something else that lives on the island. So it turns out that there's actually a creature. Uh, and so one of her friends then survives and so it, and then dies shortly thereafter. She buries the body. The next morning she comes up, something has dug up the body and eaten it. Mm. So then it's it's cast away, but then also at night a monster comes, and so she has to figure out how to survive. And so then it's like it's, it. it's it's really smart because the girl is is brilliant. It's like like she does all the things you would hope that you would be able to think of in this situation. Oh, she's a smart. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. like she like okay. figures out like how to set traps and how to observe it and not be seen, and so she can learn about the creature. Then two of her friends show up and then everything goes all to hell. Um, it is a, it is it. a really tense and, and like, oh my, I think there's no dialogue for like the first half hour, 45 minutes of the movie at all. Wow. It's just her alone on the island. And it's, it's magnificent. Uh, so there's a, so there's a sea monster. Essentially you find out it comes from the water. That's what she learns. And then it comes out and does it. Um, and then, uh, this, that creature is taking on the crawlers. So in the descent, uh, which is another, I think a lot of people know, but I'm gonna talk about it anyways, because I want more people to see it. Um, is about a group of, uh, friends, all women who get together and have an adventure. So they, every year they get together and they go somewhere and they do something. And so this year they're going spelunk. And I think it's Kentucky, uh, and they go down into caves, and and the first I'd say half of the movie is just them navigating the caves, like just figuring out yeah. like what's going on. And there's cavens, and there's you know having getting stuck, and and all stuff. There's the as someone who was claustrophobic, the claustrophobia scene almost sent me out of the theater. Like I, <laughs> it is terrifying. It's, it's straight up worse than the than the horror of the movie. Like. It's yes, the worst right, part because you don't even yeah. know it's a it's like it's like from dusk till dawn. You don't even know it's a horror movie until meanwhile. So like, and there's also there's a lot of simmering tension between two of the girls um, because one of them's a liar. Yes, right. <laughs> Team Juno. Um, so they uh, as they get, and then finally when as you think that like oh man it can't get any worse then the monsters show up and then things get so much worse. Uh, so they are subterranean creatures who are blind but navigate their environment very, very well, much better than this group of female amateur spelunkers. So those are the crawlers. If you want to hear us talk so about it, have... you can hear us talk about it on a show that aired October 26, 2012. The Descent. Ooh, on the next wow, back in 2012. Yep. Yeah, do the deep dive back there. Uh, okay, so we have uh, the sea monster versus the crawlers. I'm going to say the crawlers because of the added bonus of claustrophobia. Ooh, yeah. I... Yeah. Well, I do have a fear of, I believe that everything that is going to kill America or the world, America, who am I? The world will come from a lake. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> which is ridiculous, okay. which we've talked about yeah, on a different podcast. Uh, but um, I, yeah, I think it's just scuttering around. I'm more worried about running from something that is better able to navigate its environment where it can, it doesn't even need the need to see where I am. All I'm going to do is hit my head on things all the time. I I struggle with this one because I haven't seen Sweetheart. And so like all I'm going by are pictures of this creature and it's so stunning. Um, it, if I were just going off of creature oh, design, it would crush. be uh, Sweetheart, but <laughs> it is, it's 
like beautiful cross between it's sort of a Lovecraftian homage to bit, xenomorphs and I don't know the Borg Queen. Um, yeah, it, and it's and it's fast. Okay, see, so it's not it's not like a big lumbering kind of thing. When it moves, it really like yeah. moves. I I I mean I I'm. Descent is a five star and heart movie for me. Like I just, I, I love that movie. Uh, but I think in terms of straight up creature design, I'm going to go with Sweetheart. Ooh, unseen, film unseen. Okay. I love it. Kyle, it is All up right. to you. Uh, just, uh, I, uh, yeah, say I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I love both of them. I think, uh, I think uh, we're going to have to go with uh, the crawlers as All well, right. just because of exactly what Tommy was saying. On like they, like you're in the dark. That's where they live, and <laughs> you're screwed. I don't feel bad about so, that. Crawlers <laughs> move on. <laughs> all right all right second round all right so we have facing off against the xenomorphs uh we have the terror dogs from ghostbusters 1984 Z- yeah hey, see, <laughs> i see <laughs> I, I can see i think i can see who's going to be a clear victor here maybe <laughs> all right our next thing is from jeepers creepers where do you get those peepers it's the creeper uh versus the graboids so I'm gonna go with you. <laughs> okay. I can't so knew he's, that he's got running. the wings, so you know if it's a straight up fight, he wouldn't right be touching the, the ground very much. I like his um mythology better. This idea that he only gets to feed every once in a while, that he then holds up in his weird barn cocoon with Rafe no, with the guy Ray. Who's the guy from Twin Peaks? The father oh, in GP Creeper Ray, number one. Oh. Ray Whatever his yeah. name is, I was gonna say Winston, was also that's the good wrong night, Ray. Good, good night and good luck. I'll look it up. So, uh, listeners, just settle down. <laughs> um, we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, I like the idea of this creature that we don't understand that has like this weird human-based laws versus just a blind animal sense. that is just right. <laughs> exactly, that is just sort of He's like got a jaunty chapeau. Yeah, that is just sort of like following tremors. Huh. Okay. I. I really do like what they did with his with his head. Uh, I think that's I think that's where I'm going. And besides, against the graboids, like he also kind of has some of that flaring out fangs, true fins on his head. Yeah, that like he looks like he's going to attack that uh, the big guy from Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Newman. Well, the Newman. Wars, we now know Dilophosaurus Dilophos- is actually poisonous, yeah. spitting its venom in its prey. <laughs> Oh, and it's Ray, it's Ray Wise. If anyone's still screaming, Ray Wise. Yeah. Okay. So I'm GP. I'm GP creepy. I stand with Tom. Okay. Oh, right. with Tom. Creeper has moved on. Okay. Goodbye, Graboids. Sorry, Kevin Bacon. Not today. All right. Mm. Facing off against uh, that uh, out, outerworldly menace, the thing is Baba Duke. Baba Duke. Baba Duke. I'm the thing. Just, Team thing? It's weird because Babadook is just such a gay icon. Yes, he is. <laughs> I was, I was going to say he was adopted by the community. I, an, I, I, analogy? No, I know he is, but he's just an analogy for loss, true, and, yeah. and trauma. I think maybe I'm a little bit. While one plays with reality, one is inside of your head. That's one of the reasons that I wanted to bring up, whatchamacallit, uh, Bad Skin Magoo, um, Freddy Krueger, <laughs> yeah. is because bad it all being Magoo. in your head. Hold on, I'm going to write down Bad Skin Magoo to pitch that this week. There's less of an escape for me, so I'm actually going to say Bubba. Oh, interesting. Because it's inside, it's inside of you. Okay, that's scarier to me than just being on the outside. Like Freddy Krueger attacks you when you're not in control. The Babadook is until the 
Until, of course, I know you mean the thing is literally inside you, snatching yeah. your body. And and it is you. Whatever. I mean, I should, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. tomato, tomato. So we, we do have another time. time. We got another time. Yeah. So, yeah so, oh, boy. Um, all right. I'm going to have to go with the thing, too, because it's like you never know. Like, you know, you're trying I to agree. protect your kid from the Babadook, and it turns out your kid's actually the thing. <laughs> that would be That's a true. great I forgot twist. about that part. <laughs> right? Thing on top of the bed, Babadook uh-huh. under the bed. It's going to be right? great. But like an alien yeah. versus predator? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Thing versus or like it's Bubba Freddy Krueger. It has to wait for the graboids <laughs> to go to sleep. And then Freddy Krueger's like, let's do this. <laughs> Jason, what are you doing here? Um, all right. So then we have the crawlers uh, versus the fish beast from the host. Another uh, film that I would like more people to see because it's really good. If you like Parasite, Ugh. it is nothing like The Host, even though they were directed by the same person. But that right. movie is. Brilliant. We've actually decided that uh, Parasite was a prequel to oh, The Host. Okay, because can... he, you know, he's lived in the bunker for so long, and maybe one day he gets out and opens a little bodega on the shore, and suddenly gets. <laughs> yeah, it works. It works. Just yeah. yeah. I, I like somebody described it to me as Little Miss Sun, the family from Little Miss Sunshine having to fight a monster, yeah. and I was like, that's "Good, yeah. that's good, that's it checks out." That's the host, two thousand six. I again am more scared by smaller and many versus bigger and one, so okay. I'm going to go with the crawlers. Oh, the crawlers were from yes, from the, the descent. descent. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to stay with the both with the are crawlers. exceptional movies. I am such a fan of Bong Joon Ho, and going to have to go with the fish. Oh, Fair okay. enough. Kyle. I know. I have to decide it again. I'm, I'm looking at the lineup. Like, who would be the more interesting at the end? But no. You're the dream demon tiebreaker. <laughs> I guess I am. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. I, I think I'm going to go with the fish piece as well, just because uh, we don't. Take it. Immediately... Take it. Take it. Okay. Here we go. Our, our final two matchups. Oh, I live oh, for this. Snower. Okay. okay. Xenomorphs versus. The Creeper. See no more. Not a competition. I think I, I, I should have added them to the list because they're, they're like, they're like cleaning easy. up here. They're the they're the nineties well, bulls. Like, I mean, they're geez. talked about in the movie of they are the perfect yeah. creature. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. Then our, and on the other side is the Thing versus the Fish Beast from the Host. The Thing, very much for me, but I'm okay either way. One one changes I don't, reality. I don't like one. you being so easygoing because it feels like I have no chance oh. to win. <laughs> well, I think we, we kind of know where this is going to end up, but let's have. I'm going to go with the fish there. person, beast, fish beast. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to still stick with the thing, though. Like, I'm. I guess I'm team paranoia. What? Who said that? <laughs> Was that me? Okay. All right. So, final matchup: Xenomorphs versus the thing. This is the stuff comic books entire series have been written about. That's right. And here is my surprise answer, <gasps> the thing. Tommy with the twist. Because one one is a physical and mental threat. Are you saying the xenomorph is not a mental threat? No, it is a blank terror device. Okay. Other than the fact that it it subjugate not subjugates it turns around gender roles. Mm. It makes men pregnant. Yeah. There's a lot Ooh. of like okay. deep stuff in there with the xenomorphs. But most of the time, from the xenomorphs, you are blindly running from the best killing machine in the world. Whereas you're never in a room with a xenomorph being like. 
I hope that that xenomorph's cool. <laughs> Whereas in the thing, there can be the equivalent of a xenomorph right next to you, and you're afraid of killing a xenomorph because he might actually be your best friend. So it's a real twist. It's a real Shyamalan I'm throwing Wow, yeah, you really got us for the third act twist, Tommy. Whew. I yeah. don't know what to do now. <laughs> that was that was it's an interesting very compelling and you know as you know thomas i deeply trust your opinions on horror and uh, your insights and that may be a mistake one is a little bit more terror one is a little bit more horror yeah xenomorphs are cleaner yeah. uh the thing is more horror in that it strikes at your actual reality and the foundations you that is believe so in. like right down the middle of tommy avenue like that is <laughs> right. It really is. This is a really fun game. Oh, good. Oh, glad. Just because I'm sort of like talking, like coming up with the idea, really. I've been thinking of when you said xenomorphs and when you said the thing in round one. <laughs> I was already sort of comparing the two because uh-huh. they both are two of my most favorite things. I, I would say, I I am. I'm going to go with the xenomorphs. I'm going to go with the terror yep. uh, because I, I I can truck with terror more easily and conveniently than I can with horror. I'm still sort of a novice. Right. Uh, but also because I really want to hear how Kyle lands on this. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I would, like <laughs> a t- I would like a tie. Even if you would have voted for me, I would have said, pretend he voted otherwise. <laughs> Kyle, what do you say? It's a good answer. You know, I, I actually was thinking that I was going to go thing and, you, and what you're talking about, because I've been liking that all the way through about the paranoia and the invasion of the body snatchers thing of like, you don't know who to trust everything. But the thing about the xenomorphs is that they can be adapted to multiple genres. So, like, we saw the the one, like, the, the monster that's in the room with you, like, you can't get out. It's in, it's you know, you're in the building, essentially, in the ship. But then, next time we saw them, it was, like, throw any piece of technology at it you want, and nothing is going to stop it. Because Swamp they're just relentless. Right. So, you get to, okay. I think. so, I think I'm going to have to go with Xenomorphs because well, of their adaptability. A good point. Yeah, I mean, if you just go between Alien and Aliens... Like the the yeah. entire sort of variety, right. the spectrum of xenomorph um, yeah. personality. Okay, yeah, yeah. no hashtag. So, I stand with shockingly Kyle. the winner of our tournament of Terra are the xenomorphs. <laughs> nice work, choice, good yeah. answer. I think anybody looking this would have and, been like, oh, of course they're going to win. But like, but how did it was we the get journey, there? people? How did we get there? It was a real fellowship. Yeah. No, that was that was well yeah. done, Kyle. Well, thank you, uh, Kyle. Thank you very much. <laughs> And everybody's wow, going to free <laughs> right, So now let's get into to uh, our our big game, like the the Satmat game, uh, because we are here to talk about movies in limited locations. Is that what they went with? Yeah, yes. because we were talking locations. about uh, uh, Amor, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So right. There is we're going to talk about one location, but that really narrows the pool down. So we went to limited locations. Right. Uh, and, Right, so we came up with three movies that match the category of limited locations uh, because of the A24 card. Pete, you get to go first. I am so excited uh, following Kyle's example of talking about movies that more people need to see. Uh, I am going to be talking about the movie... Avatar. Avatar. <laughs> Avatar. I want everybody to get ready for Avatar 2 Waterworld. It's going to be amazing. It's a, it's a little movie that uh, came out in 2013, and somebody... I can't even remember who recommended, but it was one of those, like, late at night, hey, what should I watch? And somebody in Discord said, you should really go watch this film from writer-director James Ward Burkett uh, and see what you think. It's called Coherence. Oh. Oh! 
Oh, I love Coherence. Oh, see, I, I do not know what this it is, so please tell movie me. movie is stellar it is a it's a mystery sci-fi it It starts out uh where a a bunch of couples are sitting around a dinner table and they're having this conversation and the lights start going funny and then there's a comet and all of a sudden reality is bent and you get to kind of ride along with these people as they sort of unravel what has happened to the to their neighborhood. Uh, the whole thing was shot in and around James Ward Burkett's home, his dining table, and it is largely improvisational. Each day of shooting, he would come in and he would have a note sheet for each character, and he would hand oh, it to that. everybody and say, this is kind of your motivation right now, and these are the major scenes that you're going to be shooting, and we're just going to roll the cameras and see what happens. And it is fantastic so i give all of that to you it does feel incredibly hugely conversational absolutely and a great testament to an incredible cast uh that consists of emily baldoni and maury sterling and i'm gonna say this name and just see who reacts nicholas brendan oh xander xander is in this movie uh, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, Fantastic, fun, fun, fun cast. Uh, They do great things. It twists your brain. Uh, To me, it it feels very much of a piece with like predestination at that same level of, oh, wow, like that hit me sideways. But it's much more, I think all of the characters, the way he portrays the characters, they're much more just sort of believable human adult people. They're not super skilled. They're not super powered. They're just living the dream. You know what I'm saying? So Coherence 2013. I cannot believe I have not picked this movie before. I love Uh, it. There you go. Tommy, what you got? I, he, his... I'm switch. I'm making calling an audible right now. Why? <laughs> As if this was improvisational. So I'm actually typing it into the filter to make sure oh, it excellent. hasn't been. It has not. I rewatched this movie just recently. It takes place in exactly two places: a car on the way to a brunch, and then a brunch. Oh, and the movie. It's very. Uh, hold on. If there's any way we could spend I'm the sorry. sat watching you compute. It <laughs> is, uh, it came out in 2012. It has a star cast of really funny indie sort of actors, including David Cross, American Ferreira, Aaron Hayes, Julia Stiles. As I read those, they got less and less indie. <laughs> Either way, I should have read it in a different order. It's called It's a Disaster. And what it is, it's in 2012, and what it is, is it's kind of a really fun comedy that uh, David Cross is our audience surrogate. He's invited for the first time to meet his girlfriend or fiancés, I don't exactly remember, no, girlfriend's friends, and when they all meet and they start talking and learning about each other's insecurities, uh, in insecurities and idiosyncrasies all of a sudden and this is very timely is why i bring it up there's the equivalent of a pandemic all of a sudden there is something set off saying there's something in the air we don't know what it is you have to lock yourself in this house and now all of these people with all of these backstories it's like this the cast of friends if they were all kind of a mess and then one david cross trying to navigate this insanity uh during it it's called it's a disaster I think it is uneven, but I think 
think most of all, it is really fun, really funny, and it's got a dynamite ending, which I had forgotten about completely, and I laughed out loud at. It's a disaster, 2012. Is this unprecedented that someone has come up with an audible, like, right during the actual record, I'm going to give it. To, I'm going to give it to you right now. Yes, it is unprecedented. You are unprecedented, <laughs> and I um, cannot I believe it. that you actually picked a movie from writer director Todd Berger, for which everybody on the film board roundly panned. Happy Ooh, time happy murders. Time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> happy time murders. Yeah. But this was back when he was in okay. charge of Fair things. enough. Fair he enough. He clearly made it himself. And it's real. I think it's really excellent. Funny. And it's a cool like character and piece. No yeah, puppets. So good. All right. No. God, good no. choice. All right. So uh for my uh first pick, um, Trying out for a job is hard. If anyone who has who's gone through the the process, but when it turns out that the to get the job you need to, in order to save your family or to save your life is only one question, it makes it even more complicated. <gasps> so wouldn't. from two thousand and nine, I'm picking exam. <laughs> You've heard of that? Movie? I have seen that movie and I loved I it. <laughs> own that movie. That is one of my most favorite movies. I'm not kidding of all time and. All of my friends say it's one of the worst movies they've ever seen. Oh, no. I am no. on an island. Tommy, did we just become best friends? Oh, my God. I love Exam so much. I can see it yes. from where I'm oh, sitting. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, was, I love Exam it was great. Yeah, so uh, much. Colin Salmon's in it, Gemma Chan. Like, yeah, it's great. It's like it all takes place in the room where the exam is being taken. And, and in as the classroom. It goes, yeah, the class, yeah. basically, like, all these people are here for the same job, and they all have to fill out this, this thing, and they only have one question they need to answer uh, but when they open their pages the page the question is, is blank. before them right so exactly. they have to figure it out and then and then it you know d- turns into like you know they're fighting each other to try and get the job and like trying to figure out there's a secret and can they get out and what happens and then you learn about more what the world's so there's a sci-fi element to it because you find out more about what's going on in the world and fire and violence oh. and all sorts of stuff and it's all about yeah betrayal yep. and all these psychological games yep. and stuff oh yeah i love that movie so much and it is rivetingly filmed for literally being in one, one classroom. Room. Yeah. It is so great. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and dar- fr- and friend of the show and uh, erstwhile host Darnell Smith. I know if you're listening to this episode, you are grinding. <laughs> like, he found another he one? So much. <laughs> he hates it so much. Yeah, he and it's his not going to be for fiance everyone. at the time, now wife, was like, that is the most bare. He was like, we thought you were pranking us. <laughs> that movie was so boring. Oh, I I'm deeply conflicted. Right now, so because much. I like both you guys, but you've both sold it by saying everyone hates it, and I don't know what to <laughs> I do. Know. It's I, I've, I've I never really seen a movie like it before. Like I mean, but it's, it's, it's so slick yes. and well. It's not work. Okay. Yeah, just even even just understand. for the the sheer thing of like, how do you make a compelling movie? With like six characters in one room that never get out and have it be thrilling. Yeah. It's not just like and it's so well know, acted. I don't understand. Like it's it's not like when you went to film school with people. They're like, "What's your favorite film?" They're like the the battleship potential yeah. sequence, and you're like, "You're <laughs> oh, an the idiot. stairs, those stairs." <laughs> yeah, the answer should be the answer. The answer should be yeah, battle. The you know, Death of the Stem sequence. Yeah, it should be Raiders of the Lost Ark. But yeah, so but I mean, I just I think it's thrilling. Sorry, I'm geeking out, but. Kyle, I, I have never talked to another person that has actually seen that movie. Nor have I. And I own it. It cost $25 on DVD because they one. made one. And, you bought it. and I got it. 
Uh, okay. Called up uh, Stuart Hazeldean and be like, could you just run one yeah, off for right. me? From you the, actually from just the pay machine? hourly the guy to run the press. <laughs> Um, okay, well, right, back I have Pete. nothing else to say about Exam because I've never seen it, but I will talk about my next uh, favorite uh, limited location film. Yep. Remember that movie that one time that Michael Caine did where he was in this house with another guy and oh, they were... Fun. Did the guy used to wear a cape? And they were... I'm just saying <laughs> that... No, the other one, 1972 oh. Sleuth. Oh, I thought you were going to say Death Trap I as know, well. I I you death trap. Trap. Yeah. I was actually thinking, is this work. Sherlock Holmes' smarter right. brother? But no, no, this is the Sleuth. Yeah. I'm very excited about how that just went down. I love Sleuth, and I actually went in looking for Death Trap, and uh, I realized, oh my yeah, god, Michael Caine has been in this movie twice. And that's amazing. Ooh. So I'm going to pick the earlier one. It is a great, great, great film. He is a weird kind of... I have honestly never seen it. Oh, you guys, it's so much fun. I might have caught it on, like, HBO back in the day, but I I have no clear memory of it. it, It's possible. Everybody else hates it, like, I guess, your movie, but I am a real fan of Sleuth. And now that that I say that, I should probably just see uh, where does it stand on the IMDb star scale, because it is, you know... I mean, Michael Caine and uh, Laurence Olivier, uh, and it's an eight. So I feel okay. It is well above the six-star IMDb scale. You can also like it as well. While Tommy tells us about his movie, why don't you find out what the uh, rating is for Exam? Oh, outstanding. (laughs) What do you got, Tommy? I know Exam has been talked about once because I did think about it, Kyle, and I didn't use it only because it had been brought up in a sat mat by Steve Sarmento. Okay. Yeah, I say I like I said I did not verify my stuff, unfortunately. I was sure because but uh, the other ones might have been mentioned as well. But you know, this is why I don't get to host it anymore. It's a it's a six point eight, by the way. Six point yeah. eight. No, okay, you, it's okay. You're free to enjoy this movie. Yes, yeah, Andy would still go to see that. Uh, my next one is 2010. It stars Deadpool in a box. Nope. Oh, nope. Mute. Buried. Mute. <laughs> this one will not be for Pete in the least. Oh, nice. This is the story of someone uh, being, uh, for international relations reasons, being buried. Oh, did you just take off your? You <laughs> didn't want to hear it. Didn't want to hear it. Yeah, he didn't want to All hear right, it. I'm with Pete you. has a problem. I'm with Pete you. has a problem. Um, being buried alive yeah. like a real weirdo. <laughs> yeah. No, but What's anyways, Ryan Reynolds is taken hostage and the entire movie takes place underground in a grave and he all he has is like a flashlight or a lighter and then a cell phone that is rapidly running out of coverage or battery life and he's desperately trying to figure out tell he's in constant contact with people that you never meet uh, or do you <laughs> but he's trying to tell uh, where he is as he's slowly running out of air it is incredibly obviously claustrophobic and it is rough and I am a really big fan that so buried 2010 one. nice job Tommy that is a great poll terrible pick wish I thought <laughs> <laughs> the worst uh, so my next one is is, is is much more expansive, Pete. So don't worry. Like this is so because uh, my next one takes place in a house. However, uh, it is uh, not a, a house you'd want to hang out in. See, because uh, when the and a home invasion happens, it turns out that they have actually home invaded a house that is a center place for mob money, uh, and yes. so things go terribly wrong in 2005's Hostage, Ugh. starring Bruce Willis. And Kevin Pollack and Ben Foster, who's amazing in that movie. That's one of like the latter Bruce Willis movies where he's not just phoning right, it in. Right, right. 
That was the decline. The decline of Willis. It's directed by Florent Emilio Siri. He basically came to America, did this movie, it flopped, he went back to Paris and has been working steadily, but never did an American movie again, which is a shame because this is so good. It is so stylish. And and, and, uh, by the way, uh, for those of you who have the fears, if you're a parent, there is a scene in this movie that will freak you out because I still think about it all the time. I love Ben Foster. Oh, it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Is that me now? It's back to you. Okay. Your last mine, one. Uh, my last one. I, wow, I was torn because, you know, there there are a couple of more Michael Caine movies that actually fit the bill for this. But I think I'm going to go uh, with a movie that, Such that a really head. surprised me. Uh, and I just watched it uh, not, uh, not terribly long ago, probably in the last year. and But it came out in 2007. Which is, oh, you know, I know which one this is. Just uh, kidding. So it it is a <laughs> weirdest experience is watching a movie that I think is going to start like some sort of a my dinner with Andre, but it stars Steve Buscemi and Sienna Miller, and it's actually uh, directed by Steve Buscemi. It is called the it's called Just Interview. Uh, it, he is a declining kind of uh, journalist writer. He's uh, uh, I, I think he's a political writer, and uh, he is assigned to go interview Sienna Miller, who plays a star and um, a movie star. And you know, it starts out in a restaurant, but it ends up in her apartment, and it's just sort of a a, a night. It unfolds as a night of these two people kind of getting to know huh. one another. He stars in it, directs it. Um, it was only after I saw it that I learned that it's actually a remake of a 2003 film of the same name, directed by Theo Van Gogh, uh, and in, in which uh, Pierre Bokma plays no the journalist, and he's interviewing real-life star uh, Katya Schurman, and uh, apparently it is very, very good as well. It's a 7 on the IMDb scale. <laughs> the 2007 Buscemi remakes a 6.8, and it is worth every decimal point. I quite enjoyed this film. It was a diversion, and uh, they both do a great job. It's funny. It's kind of dirty. Yeah. It's uh, it's great. <laughs> dirty and Buscemi. So Buscemi. <laughs> it, he Buscemi's you had everywhere. You lost me at Buscemi. <laughs> You know what's funny though, and and I I forget to I forget to lead with this. It's one of those movies where Buscemi <laughs> that you find him so erotic the because Buscemi plays a human being. He's not a character piece, right? Oh, and so, okay. uh, to me, it it is another one of those movies that sort of celebrates these actors as like real grown up people who are smart and ask each other good questions, and it just feels like well wrought dialogue. And um, it was That's it was cool. worth it. So. Interview 2007. Was it Buscemi who was in Living in Oblivion? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As the director? Yeah, as the director, yeah. yeah. That was a great movie. Where he played a human being. That much made me yeah. think of it. Right. Right. Uh, that means we're back to huh? who? Tommy. Us. It's me, and here's its time, and we're going to do great. This was in 2017. It was a Netflix original directed by my current favorite horror director that eagle-eyed Tommy Hansen fans will know is named Pete. No, not one of those. Is named Mike Flanagan. (laughs) This is Gerald's Game. Oh, Gerald's Game, based on the uh, Stephen King novel. The entire, almost the entire thing takes place on one bed where a husband and wife start to get a little bit kinky. The husband ties up the wife, immediately has a heart attack, and she is tied to the bed and is trying to get away. Yet, Mike Flanagan's great, well, he has many incredible skills, but one of them is 
using non-reality to comment on the reality, even though the husband immediately dies uh, from a heart attack. He becomes her conversation character. He becomes her Wilson throughout the entire movie, trying to acting as her Sai Sai inner talking inner talking psyche yeah psychic friends great gazoo that's it the great (laughs) gazoo that is helping her sort of talk to herself and figure out uh what she needs to do in order to free herself whether she does or doesn't we'll never know and all i want to say is the word ungloving anyways it is a wonderful really stylish really quick movie starring the always wonderful carla Carla she's so great we really ought to give her a hand <laughs> That's a funny. Um yeah, and it's great. But you didn't you didn't say uh, I'm a really big fan. The you didn't say the guy because he I kinda after yeah. Ooh, Bruce? Did you say Bruce? Did you mention Bruce Greenwood? Bruce, Bruce Greenwood. Oh. I didn't well no, I just mentioned the husband, Bruce Greenwood, the always excellent Bruce Greenwood plays yeah. the husband and he is dynamite. Again, Mike Flanagan is the kind of person that uh carries along. He picks up actors and just carries them along with him. And Carla is one of his biggest muses. She's amazing. Ever. She's one of my favorite actors. What did you want to say about I want Bruce Greenwood to be somehow in my family tree. Like I just want to be related to <laughs> even distant. Yeah. Like my distant Anything. second uncle. Uh, is, that, is that a thing? I you, would take you just want to have a hard day yeah. and have him just walk out with uh, a beer and just sit down and go, so tell me. I don't even need him to say that. Like, maybe at the end of the day, you could just say. <laughs> just listen. Just quietly yeah. listen and nod. The bridge is yours. And look off in the middle right. distance. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Tommy, it's me, Bruce. It turns out I'm both your mother and your father. And I'd be like, let's do this. Yeah. Good. Pick. God, there that go. is an exceptional Thank pick. Thank you. I have not seen that movie because I read the book and I like, almost couldn't handle the book. So, <laughs> and that was just in my it's brain. A- I didn't have to see it with my eyes. All right, so my last one uh, is <laughs> a, a slight tone change. Um, so we all know what star vehicles are, but it's very rare that the star vehicle is actually also the set. Uh, so uh, my going back to 1987, directed by Mr. Joe Dante, uh, it's a little film called Inner Space, oh. because the majority of the movie happens inside Martin Short. That's funny. That's that is funny. awesome. That's a great pick. <laughs> Does it hold up? I haven't seen that movie. In, I used to, that movie was so beloved for me, but that and Dreamscape, oh. I'm almost scared. Both yeah. Dennis Quaid vehicles movies, yeah. I'm scared to go back to because I loved them so I much. I watched the Inner Space. Inner Space has some, just like Lost Lost thing, it's got some questionable ethnic humor. Uh, but for the most part, <laughs> it holds oh, up pretty us. well. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it, fair you enough. Know, like let's let's not forget who Fisher Stevens played in the Short Circuit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Similar situation there with Robert Picardo, right. but um, still, okay. <laughs> still, some, some, uh, there's, it's still uh, majority good. That's a smart pick. That's great. Thank the you. Uh, the guy uh, was it Tommy in Dreamscape? What was who was that actor? Is that his name? Yeah. Oh, David the guy, Patrick the Kelly. Guy? Now that's yeah. a Ooh. sinister dude. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. He I had a whole dream. Sinister in all sorts. So of sinister in everything. Anybody have any? So anybody have any alts? Uh, so yeah. Yes. Uh, the, I I did have Death Trap. If you guys had both said Sleuth, I would have said uh, Death Trap. <laughs> um, the other the Smart other Michael Caine movie that 
uh, I was so excited to pick, but but pivoted was Noises Off, nineteen ninety two, the adaptation oh, of the terrific, yeah. terrific play. John, Ritter. yeah, so mm-hmm. good. So That's funny. Movie. Yeah. My alts were, um, I didn't use it because I just talked about it when apparently I was a host for a week or something and we have to put yeah. things on in, uh, Instagram. Andy did the work, but it's Devil. Oh, the yeah. The M. Night mm-hmm. Shyamalan yeah, yeah. related. He wrote the story, but he didn't direct it. Almost the whole thing takes place in an elevator. And then I said 12 Angry Men, Hmm. but controversially, the 1997 HBO version, which because I'm a jerk, I actually prefer to the LeMay version. (laughs) You know what? I think I'm with you on that. Because it is an all-star cast and Tony Danza. (laughs) And then then my last two were Dread. Oh, uh, okay. The one that takes place all in in one big building. With Carl, with the aforementioned yeah. Carl Urban, mm-hmm. and then the Invitation, which is a cult, oh, which is a a house party movie mm-hmm. that might be a cult. Wait, we'll never know. Is that like House Party Six or? Yes. Is there it's, is it's there kid, a pajama jammy jam in it? It's kid and play, but <laughs> play has been indoctrinated. <laughs> uh, what were your? Alts? Those were my. That's uh, I had uh, I had my dinner with Andre. Yep. Yep, uh, and then I had uh, two of a similar theme, which I'm sure had been mentioned, so I decided not to use them. Uh, Jacob's Ladder and Vanilla Sky, both which take place inside the characters' heads. Oh, Jacob's Ladder is my. F- <laughs> I know that's why I, did, I also didn't use them that way, but technically it's one Jacob's location it's in Tom Cruise's brain, or you know, in Jacob's Tim Ladder. Brain. I would have given you a hundred percent credit for it. Because that's really smart. Yeah. I'd never even well. In me. terms of uh, repeat pick scorekeeping, Andy picked Gerald's game back in 2017. But I thought that was okay because it's like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just I. It's totally all of it's okay. There's no wrong. I'm just <laughs> oh, okay. curious. I just want you to know. That, I just want you to know that I did. You know, you're amazing. Uh, exam uh, <laughs> has now been picked by. It was picked by Steve, Woo. and it was picked uh, October 5th, 2019. And of course, by you. For, for, for a, a sat mat. For what? For. Oh, the same thing? Yep. Like for what category? For, uh, I can tell you, actually. Buried also. You, you and Steve to. have very similar picks, but also Steve and Tommy picked Buried. Uh, oh, Steve and I also have very yeah, similar Very similar. Picks. And s- I, I feel like Steve has done 19 sat mats involving limited location movies because <laughs> I looked up a lot of my original ones and it was always like Steve. And I was like, yeah. Steve, uh, Steve. And so I think overall, I think we did very well. Um, yeah, totally. This was what a great, li- like, in terms of creating a list of movies that really do represent, like, no goof. Uh, great way to spin off the movie that we talked about, Limited Locations. This is a great list of movies right here. Or oh, a good. list of great That's movies. Great. I think this is fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so that brings us to next week. What are we going to do, Kyle? Yeah, that's, really, that's a good question. So we have a couple of different things we can choose from. Uh, I, I'm only going to read the list for you and I because we know Tommy's not going to follow it. Uh, so next week is uh, is Roma from 2018, directed by the brilliant Alfonso Caron. Uh, and so we have a couple of different options. We have um, films, <laughs> I love this, intentional black and white, as opposed to accidental black and white. No, no, I, when, the, when there was no other choice, I get it. Um, Films without scores. That's interesting. Uh, focus oh. on the servants. Yeah, movies about help. Class structure, mm-hmm. yeah. Accidental and or unwanted pregnancies. Why uh. not both? 
Hey Kyle, can I can I jump Please in with do. something that just it just occurred to me just now and I thought I would offer it. How about films involving near drowning? <laughs> <gasps> oh, hey, that's good cuz that goes along with what happens in Roma. That's nice. Nice job, Roma Tom. Did. Tom, I love that you brought your whole heart to this episode. Autobiographical <laughs> films. Mm-hmm. Uh, difficult birthing scenes. Mm. Well, should uh, we make it easy birthing? It's a it's a quorum staple, though. <laughs> really, true. yeah. Let's let's keep it a different and okay. uh, revolution adjacent stories. So oh, the revolution right, happened, like but that. it's not part have of the main guys, plot. It's happening over. Have there. you guys both? Like have you guys both seen Roma? <laughs> no, really. I got too or in sc- Italian. They would say because no. <laughs> You told me you were like you'll love it. The opening eighteen minutes is someone mopping, and I was like, "Nope." I know I should see it. I'm just being a jerk. But my sum up of Roma was one of the. It was a huge billboard in Hollywood when I was driving by. This was during the Oscar race, and it's the the nicest, hardest smackdown I've ever seen. It was an ad for um, what's the one? The Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga movie. Oh, uh, Star, Star is Born. Born. Yeah. And it was for A Star is Born, and then it had a picture of Roma, and it said, some films you respect, others you enjoy. Ooh, oh, wow. wow. Shots fired. Go for it. Totally. Wow. And I was like, holy cow. And I rammed my car <laughs> right into the sign, because I was so angry, and I haven't driven since. knocked down the Evangeline billboard. It was terrible. Yeah. Well, look. No, I have not seen Roma. I feel very Well, I, I mean, as that. long as you already feel guilty, I won't, you know drive it home yeah. but i but i will say i, I don't feel I guilty mean, about not seeing it so you know they, come at they me mop bro. for a long time there's apparently a lot of laundry being done and they all hunt each other on a beach always <laughs> picking up dog poop like that is a central all theme the of the movie is cleanliness of sidewalks and driveways. oh so it's like a serious version of spangler right. <laughs> oh jeez i would like to nominate the first one intentional black and white films it, no, focus on the servants. Oh, okay. oh focus okay. on the servants. Okay. I think that it has a, a lot of upstairs, downstairs mm-hmm. kind of potential, and I like that a lot because I, lo- I love that genre. Okay. Okay. All right. So I picked one. Okay. So e- on both servants. of you guys right. have to pick one. What do you think, Pete? Oh, you want me to go first? Okay. I'll go for yeah, the talks sure. first. I'll talk first. I, Why don't you talk I first? Think... Actually, you know what? Why don't you talk first? <laughs> okay. I think I might go with uh, the the things that I think were really interesting to me. The the um, intentional black and whites. I think is, the movie's a work of art, and that is a central defining piece of the film. Is the way he uses color and camera and big. I mean, it's a large format camera in a very intimate space, and the way he chose to not use color. Uh, I think was was really special like it was really hey the episode hasn't dropped yet man don't don't give away this gold uh but i i really honestly i think revolution adjacent films uh (laughs) is a surprising thing i can't quite let go of i'm really curious to see what kind of list would come out of that I like that revolution. So yeah, films that take place around or near. Well, or yeah, I mean this some yes. sort of cultural and, and this revolution. movie. And I, without spoiling it, he did a ton of research on. It takes place in the seventies, and so he did a ton of research on specific protests and riots. And there, there is a place in the movie where the the sort of the fable, the the day in the life kind of fable of this servant uh, collides with reality, and it is um, it is done in a particularly moving and and kind of terrifying way. Um, and so I, because the character has to mop up after, really <laughs> <laughs> leaning in on the part. 
It's the only thing I know, as you said. You're like, the opening 49 minutes of the movie is mopping. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Why that's about? So funny? Seriously, she empties the bucket. I was fills the roundly bucket, scolded for, empties the for telling again. Andy that. He took me to class. <laughs> On why I'm just wrong to be even remotely sarcastic about that. So I don't know. What do you got? Okay. Uh, But I love that choice, though. Out of these, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with films with no score. Uh, I think uh, music can be kind of a crutch that a lot of uh, filmmakers use to like, now's the part where you're supposed to be sad or scary. Uh, So I'm interested to see that. Plus, I'm interested to see your guests and see how they interpret that. So it could be, they have some fun stuff. Is it okay? Is there a reason to maybe enlarge it slightly to limited score in the same way that this was limited and not one location? Well, it does, no it's score. not no music. It's no score. Oh, See, that's so like true. I'm saying, there, there could be various interpretations of that. There might be street so singers, for example. With. And of course, it's up to our amazing <laughs> audience to decide which of those right. three things will be chosen. And if they'd Fair like enough. to vote in that, well, I can tell you how. It's over at our Show Talk channel in our Discord community. And love to have you over there. We're always over there chatting about various and sundry things. There's even a Marvel Movie Minute channel, huh? Right? Uh, to get into it, you can also join our Patreon. For just $5 a month, you can become a concessionaire supporter and get access to show live streams as we record. You can see our beautiful faces and our amazing beards. Early access to shows in your very own personal podcast feed and access to the super secret member channels. Don't tell them. (laughs) One thing I do want to tell you about, though, is merch. That's right. We've got our stuff. Mm. If you like our logos, you can put them on anything you want. You want stickers? You want mugs? You want masks? We got it all. You can even get a Marvel Movie Minute mask with our faces on it. You can put my face on your face. I like to sleep on Kyle's. Oh, yeah. There's amazing pillows. pillows. I've got one myself. Yeah. You get Rob and I, you can snuggle up with us and whisper all your favorite things about Marvel to us. Uh, and every time you I buy- heard that merch is short for merchandise. <laughs> it is short for merchandise. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, and if you buy one of those cool masks, we'll also donate one medical-grade face mask to their frontline healthcare workers through direct relief. So do something for you and do something for them, too. And that's our show. Nice <gasps> show, everybody. Yeah, and I've been fired as a host, so you'll never hear me in the big chair Nothing. again. Fire, Fire Kyle. Kyle. Stop it. <laughs> it was fun. Nice try, Kyle. Oh, he's already long gone. Oh, well. I think I saw a graboid come through his wall. <laughs> so, so thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, uh, th- thank you both. Thank, thank you, Pete. Thank you, Tommy. Our, thank you, Kyle. Thank you, pleasure. Tommy. Good to talk to you guys. Always fun. Enough said. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. 
If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. 